You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today, we got a little something different going on. If you remember, I don't know, a week ago or so, I uh, did a little series going through each of the position groups and how each group ranked in the NFC North, you know, quarterbacks in the NFC North, etc., etc. And by the end of it, I said, okay, turns out I'm extremely biased because I have the Packers in the top of just about every category. So I said, you know what would be fun is if I got some other people on board. Well, I had a uh, little chat with Mr. Zach Pearson. He runs the Bear Report podcast, a part of the Overtime Podcast Network. We obviously didn't agree on everything, although it was probably a little closer than I would have expected. I think that's true in most cases. I say I don't like Twitter, but apparently that's my only source of interacting with people about football. So I just assume that that's real life. But pretty much everybody I've talked to, and I, I had a conversation with uh, one of the, the Vikings guys in the network. I'm hoping to get him on soon, but he just sent me his list. And I was pretty supli- surprised how similar they were. I think one of the biggest um, differences is going to be quarterbacks. I haven't talked to the Lions guy yet, but I'd be willing to bet um, everyone in the division, with the exception of Packers fans, thinks their quarterback is second best. <laughs> but as long as they all bend the knee to Aaron Rodgers, I don't really care. No, but it was a really good chat and super insightful as well. Um, I really like to know what's going on with other teams around the NFL, especially in the NFC North. And so we get a little peek behind the curtain. Anyways, it's really long, so we'll skip preliminaries. However, we will take our break. We'll do it now. And when we come back, we're just going to launch right into it. But again, this is uh, Zach Pearson, Bear Report Podcast, also bearreport.com. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so if you could just give us, I guess without going too much into position stuff, because we're going to get into that, but um, kind of just give an overview if there's any kind of new stuff from training camp or anything that you've been hearing, uh, injuries, guys that are standing out, guys that are maybe lagging a little bit, or just 
any kind of information that we're not really sure about as far as the Bears? Yeah, um, you know, as far as things we're unsure of, I'd say arguably the biggest things have to be the injuries. Um, you know, when Trey Burton missed that playoff game last year, it was kind of a shocker to a lot of us because we didn't find out until about, you know, an hour before the game was uh, set to take place. And then Matt Nagy revealed that he's he had sports hernia surgery. He's going to miss most of the offseason. He should be ready to go at some point in training camp. Um <clears throat> But if Trey Burton's not healthy, you know, the Bears are going to have some questions behind him um, death-wise. Adam Shaheen hasn't been able to stay healthy in his two years. And Ben Braunecker is you know, a solid third tight end, but you can't really count on him to be a standout in this offense. As you saw, the Bears got no production at all from uh, the tight end position in their playoff loss. So I'd say Trey Burton is um, probably the biggest, you know, question mark right now in in terms of injury wise um we, we knew anthony miller was going to have uh shoulder surgery played pretty much with a bum shoulder all of last season um so i mean he, he should be fine to go for training camp other than that you know someone like emmanuel hall who i thought had a good shot at making this roster out of missouri um just a burner at wide receiver he also had sports hernia surgery so you know he He's going to miss most of the offseason. He's actually kind of a guy I think that's a candidate to be, you know, IR'd right away and um, not put on the practice squad so that other teams can poke him because, I mean, there's a lot of hype around him coming out of Missouri from the SEC. And when we talked to Mike Fury, um, he was kind of shocked that, you know, he went undrafted and he was saying, yeah, we, we can't really spend a pick on you right now, but if you're there, you know, when the draft's over, we're going to go out and get you. And that's what happened. He just, he just sounded kind of shocked, which was um, interesting. Obviously, the big storyline going into training camp, though, is going to be the offense and, and Mitchell Trubisky. Can he take that next step? Um, how's this offense going to develop under Matt Nagy in, in the second year? Um, <clears throat> you know, we saw with with um, and not to really fully compare because I think they're both two different head coaches. But you know, when, when uh, Mark Trussman was here, the Bears kind of found success in that first year before things just spiraled downhill, where he lost the locker room and you know he, he was letting veterans do stuff that. <clears throat> They shouldn't have been doing, and um, I think Matt Nagy's kind of got a better grip on this locker room and this franchise in his second year. So that's the biggest storyline that a lot of us in Chicago are following because you know we we know what we have in this defense here. I mean, I'm I'm sure the rest of the NFC North knows what the Bears have, you know, on defense. Um, it's just going to be that offense, and, and can they take that next step? Yeah, and I, I kind of want to ask you about that too because. <sighs> I, I, and I've said on the podcast before, I think not only was this the best defense in 2018, it might have been the best over the last, I don't know, five-ish years or so, but I'm also feeling like if it's me and I'm a Bears fan, I'm a little bit nervous, especially losing Vic Fangio, because I've been, it's weird for a Packers podcast, but I've been gushing over him for two years that I've been doing this podcast, just in awe of what he's done. I would be in a little bit of a panic mode. It, you know, at least insofar as please don't let this fall apart because this is the core of what we do. But yet, I don't see any worry or anything about Bears fans. If anything, it's you know we're we're just going to grow and keep getting better. Is that kind of where Bears fans are at, or is there any hesitation or fear going into 2019 and beyond? Um, yeah, I'd say there's a little. Obviously, you know, it's kind of normal to have some fear after just because you know the NFL. It's such a such a hard, you know, league to kind of replicate what you did the the past season. And I mean, the Bears were the best defense last year, and a lot of people forget they were probably a top ten, if not one of the better defenses in 2017. And they go and add Khalil Mack, it's like, okay, now they got you know a, a stud defense. Um, 
that should be good for years to come. They obviously lose Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan, um, which, you know, the, the verdict's still going to be out on those because we don't know what we're going to get from Ha Clinton Dix. We have no clue what we're going to get from uh, Buster Skine. Right. So it, it's tough to say in that part. But, yeah, I'd say it, it wouldn't be normal if, if there wasn't a little, you know, fear. I mean, you look at this division and, and yeah, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers who is – arguably the best quarterback in football. I mean, it, there, there's no way around it. As long as he's in the game, I think Green Bay has a chance to win. Um, look at a guy like Matthew Stafford, um, who he played with a broken back last season. He, he's put up some decent numbers over over his time. And then Kirk Cousins, whether, you know, I'm sure you like to tease Vikings fans as we do, <laughs> but how much money they paid him. I mean, all it takes, you know, it maybe gets hot for a couple of strings of games, but you have to feel comfortable if you're the Bears you know, with that defense going into those matchups. And granted, Aaron Rodgers has terrorized, you know, the Bears for as long as, you know, he's been in the league. I think, you know, having a defense like this, I can finally, and I know I, I can kind of guess to speak for a lot of Bears fans, you can kind of feel comfortable in a way. I mean, I'm not saying, like, you know, the Bears would go out and dominate Aaron Rodgers. We saw all saw what he did in week one last year. I mean, that was just an incredible performance. But it's like there's, like, a certain sense of, like, Okay, yeah, you know, maybe he's not going to be able to do that a lot more like he has been in the past. But, yeah, losing Vic Fangio, I mean, we're going to find out right away because I think Chuck Pagano's going to be more aggressive with his right. blitzes, more aggressive in the secondary. I think being more aggressive in the secondary actually benefits the Bears, as weird as that sounds, compared to what Vic Fangio did. Because, you know, I talked to Kyle Fuller um, during OTAs and, and kind of asked him, you know, one – you know, what was it that clicked? And, you know, he said a couple of weeks in, we just started getting more aggressive back there. We started, you know, taking more chances on, on, um, on balls and, and we were rewarded. If, you know, you remember that green Bay game, I'm sure you do. The bears kind of sat back and let, you know, a, a one legged Aaron Rodgers pick them apart. And many of us, many of us thought, you know, why don't you, you know, send some pressure? Why don't you send the blitz? Um, mm -hmm. and the same was against Tom Brady. I think that's one of my biggest, um, you know, at the time, worries with Vic Fangio was, you know, why didn't he send the blitz? I think it's going to be the complete opposite of Chuck Pagano. I just hope it doesn't turn to the point where it's like, why is Chuck Pagano blitzing all the damn time? Right, you know? right. Yeah, it, it, and it's going to be kind of weird. Vic Fangio had that thing dialed in so perfectly that it kind of seemed like a well-oiled machine, but I can definitively tell you that the thought of the Bears being more aggressive it's like, come on, man! Just—it's <laughs> not even fair. You guys are doing enough. Just lay off a little bit. But yeah, you—you kind of mentioned quarterbacks, so let's dive in and kind of go. And I, you know, we don't have to go super deep. Some of it's kind of boring, like offensive line. But just whatever you think about it, I kind of want to just step back a little bit because I've already said my piece about it. Um, just to kind of go position by position and just see how you think the lay of the land is, as far as as uh, the position group. So we'll start with quarterback. Um, I think, at least in my mind, the biggest question is Trubisky. Um, and there's a not just between Packers and Bears fans. There's there's a lot of disagreement outside of that group as far as you know, ranging from uh, I'm just going to call it ridiculous. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers? To he's terrible. Kind of where are Bears fans on Trubisky in the comfort level, and then just the scope of quarterbacks through the NFC North. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. Every day it's a battle. It seems like there's a battle on Twitter. Uh, I know. I'm I'm pretty sure you're referencing that article that someone wrote. Saying, you know, is Trubisky ready to take over for Aaron Rodgers? Um, that day, I don't think it's going to come until Aaron Rodgers retires. Yeah. And I might get, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you cover the Bears, you're a Bears fan. Yeah, I still have to give respect to Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback in this division. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is ready to overtake him, but Mitchell Trubisky 
doesn't have to be that good for the right. Bears to win. If Mitchell Trubisky is better than what he was last season and takes uh, the next step and takes that jump, I think the Bears are a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, you know, they have to stay healthy, obviously, and the defense has to be what it was last year. Or maybe just, you know, maybe top five And, I, and as long as Trubisky takes that next step. Yeah, and, you know, the feeling amongst Bears fans is like, you know, I don't think we're ready to say – most of us, we're not ready to say, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky is the best quarterback in this division because he's not. Anyone that's telling you that is, is lying or crazy. But at the same time, there's always like it, it, it kind of feels like Mitchell Trubisky doesn't get the respect. And I think it's more on the national stage where you know you got reporters, oh, he's like he's the Blake Bortles of the NFC North, or um, the whole thing like you'd rank him, you know, near the bottom or whatever. Whatever PFF does with their Weird grades. That always seems to rile up Bears fans. Yeah. I don't know. It's wild. So, yeah, I think Trubisky, you know, if I had to rank him, honestly, I would probably rank Rodgers number one. I think Trubisky and Cousins are right there at two. Um, that's tough. Like, I don't want to I don't want to say Trubisky's better than Cousins right now. I don't want to yeah. say Cousins better than Trubisky because we saw what happened last year. I And Stafford's right there, too. So I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, it, just, it just all goes back to if, if Trubisky can take that next step under Matt Nagy, can Matt Nagy put him in, in, in situations where he doesn't have to make a mistake? He doesn't always have to go deep. Um, and when he does go deep, can he improve on that deep ball? You know, I think that's gonna that could be the difference um, in this in this division this year. Because you you know even if Aaron Rodgers is hurt, you know what you're gonna get from him. I mean, last year was one, what, one of his better years and and played pretty much all year with what one leg essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I I don't know if we'd agree a hundred percent, but we definitely would agree. That if Mitchell Trubisky becomes, you know, like you said, he doesn't need to be great, but if he becomes a good quarterback, I, I think that's the thing that's really going to just pull the Bears ahead of the, the NFC North. That's that's my biggest fear. As good as the defense is, Mitchell Trubisky stepping up is really that's the thing that scares me the most, and it, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to seeing what he does. But all right, let's uh, let's go to wide receivers, and this one, I some position groups had a real hard time trying to differentiate. You know, because some teams have multiple that are pretty good. Packers have the one that's really good. The Bears, you know, I don't know about the top guy, but as far as depth, there's a lot there. So what are your thoughts as far as where the Bears are at, first of all, how you like your guys? I know there's been a lot of turnover. Um, you lost a couple. You gained a couple. Uh, you've been kind of, I say you, that's just the way I do that. You guys have been uh, <laughs> adding um, a lot in free agency the last two years, um, Robinson, Gabriel, um, you know, the draft with Miller, Cordero Patterson. Uh, first of all, why? And then second of all, what do you think about the Bears wide receivers? And then third of all, just kind of the landscape question. Yeah, um, so when the Bears, you know, drafted um, Riley Ridley in the fourth round, you know, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people on the outside were shocked. Like, you know, why are they taking a wide receiver this high? They have a lot of depth, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my answer to that would essentially be, you know, Ryan Pace is gonna is guaranteed to do two things in a draft. He's gonna take best player available, and he's gonna trade down um, or trade up event, eventually at some point in the draft. That's pretty much to happen every year. Um, that he's been here. So I think, you know, really was more of a best player available. Let's add to our wide receiver core a little bit. Um, Cordero Patterson, I think, was a move where, 
you know, you look at, okay, he's very versatile. He can line up in the backfield. He can line up um, at a wide receiver. He lined up a couple snaps at tight end, good kicker turner. I think that's more of a let's give Matt Nagy another weapon. Like let's kind of take the workload a little bit off of Tariq Cohen as kind of their gadget back um, that can do a lot of things, and, and let's mix in someone like um, Cordero Patterson who can help us in special teams and maybe take a little bit of the workload off of Tariq Cohen. As far as the Bears wide receivers stand, I mean, you, you hit hit around the head. They, I think they have the best depth in the NFC North. Um I think probably the best wide receiver in the NFC North is Devontae Adams. I think the Vikings have the best duo um, with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Um, but, yeah, well, you know, with the Bears, they don't have that, that standout. Like, you're, yeah, you're going to take Devontae Adams, you're going to take Diggs, you're going to take Thielen, um, you know, over a guy like Allen Robinson. But and you look at numbers-wise, Allen Robinson didn't put up a 1,000-yard season. He was still very, you know, pretty productive. They just have, you know, so many guys that they use in that offense. It's like – I don't think the Bears are going to have a 1,000-yard wide receiver under Matt Nagy. And maybe they don't need it because if you have, you know, Robinson contributing, you have um, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Javon Wims, who's been kind of a standout this offseason, got some work with the ones. And then Riley Ridley, I mean, you might not need that 1,000-yard receiver as long as, you know, Trubisky's spreading the ball around and maybe they, you know, each hover around – you know, 350 to 700 in that range. I mean, not all of them at 700, but hovering that range, um, it could work out for the Bears. And another thing to keep an eye on, I, I know you said wide receivers, but take a look at Tariq Cohen this year and, and see where he lines up a lot because I think, you know, with Mike Davis and David Montgomery, I think we're going to see Cohen lined up out wide a lot yeah. more than he did last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the hardest ones, at least uh, it wasn't hard outside of the Bears, but looking at running back um, – because I don't know anything outside of Tariq Cohen. And like you said, I, I've always kind of viewed him as more of a receiving back than anything else. I thought that that mm-hmm. was his, his main – I mean, it is. There's no question that's his number one asset. But now you got Mike Davis, and you drafted David Montgomery, which was just an absolute knife in my heart because, I, I you know, i not a super – I mean, I am a big draft guy, but I'm not like a, a quote-unquote Twitter scout or whatever – but of the guys I watched, I said on my podcast, David Montgomery is one of the guys that just you know gives me chills when I watched him. And sh- of course, not only does he fall, but the Bears get him in the fourth round. So that one that one hurt quite a bit. But I guess what are your thoughts on Mike Davis, David Montgomery, kind of the the dynamic of the backfield? Another question is one of the thoughts I had, and I've I've heard it before, is um, you shipped off Howard and got David Montgomery. What do you think is the the biggest difference in their skill set? Because I know at the beginning of last year there was a lot of talk about, you know, we got to get this guy on the jugs machine. He's got to be a better receiver. Seemed like he wasn't a great fit with Nagy. But I, I just, in my mind, as much as I love David Montgomery, it, it feels like he's kind of a Howardish kind of guy. So I'm assuming that's not correct. But So your thoughts on that, Mike Davis, and then again, the NFC North landscape. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a lot of Bears fans that weren't happy when Jordan Howard, you know, left after you know Pro Bowl season, a couple thousand yard seasons. Um, Jordan Howard was great for a John Fox offense, I'd say, like where you could put the workload on him, and you know he's your workhorse running back. He just never really fit with Matt Nagy for whatever whatever reason, and, and I think you know obviously the biggest reason is the hands. I mean, he did struggle the week one two years ago. You know, the Bears probably beat the you know, reigning NFC champion Falcons, if, if Jordan Howard holds on to like a three yard pass at the goal line, which he just was just a really bad um, drop. So as far as David Montgomery, I mean, I think the Bears were looking for a running back that's, you know, 
I don't want to compare him to this guy just yet because I think there's still a lot he needs to work on in his game. I think their ideal running back is someone that kind of like, you know, the Matt Forte style where he can sure. catch a lot of passes. He's, you know, he's quick on his feet. And, I mean, you said you saw a lot of Montgomery. You watched him. I mean, you know, you're kind of upset that they fell to the Bears. The the one thing I've heard from a lot of people and I've seen so far, you know, watch him at um, OTAs and veteran minicamp is he is quick with his feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can cut on a dime and make defenders miss. It, it is just remarkable. Mike Davis said, you know, he's been watching him out of practice and he told us, he said, I can't wait till he gets out there in a real game and game speed and just makes a few def- defenders miss because it is it, watch him in practice is just it's been a treat and um you know we've seen that out there that he's, he's just quick he gets the ball he turns up field and he, he's pretty much gone um but yeah I mean he is he doesn't have that breakaway speed which is something that um that Jordan Howard didn't have either Howard would get brought down a lot mm-hmm. um from from behind. Because he was, you know, kind of a bigger, slower running back. David Montgomery's got a little bit of him in that, um, but I think you know Mike Davis kind of equals him out well. I, I think the Bears are going to use that three-headed monster in the backfield, um, you know, with Cohen, Davis, and Montgomery, and then you can even swap in Patterson back there with Cohen. I think you know you're going to see a lot. I think week one you're going to see a lot of formations where it's going to be two running backs, um, and maybe even three running backs out there because they don't they don't have a a true fullback on this roster right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, you know, matching them up with the NFC North, that's kind of tough. Um, you know, Delvin Cook had a good year last year. He was hurt as most of his rookie season. Uh, you really don't know what you're going to get out of the Lions running backs. They can't really seem to stay healthy. And what worries me is, like, lo- what was the biggest thing with the Packers last year on that offense? Mike McCarthy couldn't figure out the running back position. Mm-hmm. Um and when he was when he left, uh, it's Aaron Jones, isn't it? He's yep. the yep. yep. It seemed like the Packers could figure it out, and I like Aaron Jones. I've had him on my fantasy team. I think he is a really good running back. Um, I think Aaron Jones has a chance to be probably the best, or uh, if not, you know, number two or number three um, in the in the division. Which is not I'm not saying of four running backs. I'm saying of right. like the whole right. crop of them, uh, which is good. I think it's going to be kind of fun to watch these young running backs in this division and how it all plays out, especially, you know, with a guy like we were talking about, Trey Cohen, lining up all over the damn field. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's really, you know, the Bears are brand new, but everybody's still kind of a big question mark. on Johnson looked great for the Lions, but, you know, you know, he got hurt, like you said. Aaron Jones seems to be top-end potential, but he never was given the ball by McCarthy, so we got to see what happens. Plus, he's got some injury issues. And then Dalvin Cook, you know, ask a Vikings fan, he's an elite running back. Um, and he does have some really good traits. He was drafted really high, but we got to see it. He's got a terrible offensive line. What happens if they get him going? I think every team has high potential, but it's a matter of which one's going to put it together, or maybe you just got four garbage run games in the NFC North. I don't know. <laughs> which would be really interesting. Yeah. It could turn into a, like a shootout division almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, what's next? So tight end, um, you know, not – the most exciting, maybe because I'm a Packers fan and we don't have a good one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I don't want to keep prefacing it the same way, but more or less the same thing. There, there are quite a few questions um, as far as you know. I know you've lost a couple. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of prefaced it already. Um, I don't know if you've added anyone that I re- have noticed that you added anyone else. But I guess who's sort of the guy that you're hoping can really pick it up? I know you sort of mentioned it, but kind of go into a little bit more on that. And then any thoughts on the NFC North you have? 
Yeah, it, it's got to be Adam Shaheen. Uh, yeah. This is this is a make or break year for him. I mean, he he's the ideal you know red zone target that you want in a tight end um, in your offense, especially in an offense like you know uh, Matt Nagy's. He he could be that you know that safety blanket for Mitchell Trubisky, six six, two hundred seventy pounds. He's got pretty good speed for his size, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. And when he returned last year from his injury, missed like eight or nine games. There was a play in that playoff game where he, when he, you know, when he was normally healthy, he would run through a, you know, a five nine, five ten defensive back. I don't remember who the defensive back was, but instead he tried to hurdle him, and it just, it didn't work out. And the Bears ended up punting, and it was kind of one of the turning points in the game. Yeah. I, I wonder if, you know, maybe all the injuries piling up have kind of got to immensely, but th- this has got to be his year. They drafted him to come in here and be that blocking and receiving tight end. Um, they, you know, they got rid of Deion Sims, who was just a disaster. He, he couldn't contribute anything. Because um, Trey Burton's not a blocking tight end. He's your primary pass-catching tight end. And other than that, the, I mean, the depth behind them is is not very good. Uh, they converted Bradley Soul over from the offensive line, but he's not going to go out there and catch you know 20 passes. You have Ben Braunecker as mainly special teams. And they brought in Utah State's uh, Dax Raymond as an undrafted free agent. But so far in OTAs and Venner minicamp, he's just been, you know, kind of a guy out there. He hasn't really done anything in my eyes to win a roster spot. Could change in training camp. Obviously, it's all amped up. But kind of look at the Bears compared to the NFC North, though. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know what the heck the Packers are going to get out of Jimmy Graham. I yeah. think they got a good tight end in Jay Sternberger. I would look around and I'd say, you know, outside of the Bears – I mean, there's a lot of good young tight ends with a lot of potential in this um, division because, you know, you have Kyle Rudolph who just looks like he's going to stay with the Vikings, and then um, they drafted um, Alabama's Irv Smith yeah. Jr. And I believe the Lions – yeah, the Lions drafted uh, – who was it? Yeah. Hawkinson, at tight end. So there's a lot of, you know, question marks, I think, um, going into training camp, going into this year. But, I mean, there's some potential for some of these guys to kind of to break out as young tight ends in this division. Yeah, that's another one that could be real. I mean, you know, and I'm try- I tried to be unbiased, but I pre-draft Jay Sternberger was another guy like David Montgomery that I was super excited about. So um, I'm trying not to act like he's going to be better than everybody else because <laughs> he's a third-round guy and you drafted that late for a reason. But, I-, uh, I was actually hoping the Bears were yeah. going to take a chance on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. But, yeah, you, you can compare him with TJ Hawkinson and Irv Smith, and it's, you know, like you said, you you we've seen Shaheen play well. It's just a matter of, like you said, can he can he yep. kind of you know get it all together and be consistent and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think like running back, that's another one that could be uh, a fun one to see. It's it feels like an arms race in the NFC North right now. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, let's just do offensive line as a whole. I'm not going to do tackles and centers and everything else. Um, yeah, no problem. So I feel like you know I I, I like what the Packers have. But when I did a dive, I was kind of looking at stats and everything else. I was trying to basically prove the Packers are better than everyone. But stats-wise, the Bears are just out of control, not just in the NFC North, but in the the NFL. And some of it is, you know, they didn't throw quite as much as other teams. But as far as how few times Trubisky was hit, sacked, and everything else, it seems like the Bears' offensive line is is really, really good. There's some movement. Um, guys moving positions and, and leaving. I think you lost a couple guys. One of them was a backup. I'm not really sure. I'll let you comment on that. But overall, it seems like this thing's pretty well dialed in. What do you What are your thoughts on the Bears' offensive line? Yeah, so the Bears, you know, brought back all um, all five of their starters. They did make a position change. Um, James Daniels, the the uh, second year guy out of Iowa, is now the center, his natural position. And Cody Whitehair goes back to guard, his natural position out of Kansas State. Um, 
Yeah, and then you get you get Kyle Long back, who has looked pretty healthy. This is his first healthy offseason since I think his second year in the league. And then you get the tackles. I think you know Charles Leno is one of the more underrated tackles right. um, in, in this division. And you have Bobby Massey, who's probably if you had to rank him, I'd say Bobby Massey's probably at the bottom among the Bears starters. So yeah, the Bears kept Trubisky clean. Uh, I think they did a great job in the run game last year. Uh, and if you look, they went up against some pretty good defensive lines. I mean, they got they had to go up against uh, Minnesota twice. They went up against L.A. Um, you know, the Giants had a pretty good defensive line, and for the most part, they held their own. I mean, I was super impressed with James Daniels, a young kid. I talked to him after one of the games. It was the L.A. game, and he pretty much spent 10 to 12 minutes just breaking down how he did not let Aaron Donald get a single sack or wow. even, I mean, I think he didn't even give up a pressure to Aaron Donald, which is just insane, you know, your first year in the league. So he's very smart. I would say the one thing, my one big takeaway with him, I think he has a chance to be a, a star in this league. He is super smart um, with his technique and, and hand placement and he just, he listens, he learns from all the guys. So I'm confident the Bears were, um, Offensive line, and I think another part of it, of, of it is, you know, the Bears like to get that ball out of Trubisky's hands quick. They don't want him sitting back there, and 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 even when he has to sit back there an extra second, he's already gone scrambling. Sure. So he's got he's got that working with him. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, you know, the the thing about the Packers' offensive line from an outsider's perspective, I'd have to say is, are they gonna be able to keep the pocket clean for Aaron Rodgers? Um, I think personally, what I saw last year, they struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bakatari is probably the the ideal t- uh, tackle in this division he's the, probably the top tackle in this division um, and then you look at like minnesota and it was just pretty much a turnstile right yeah. <laughs> for, for them on the outside i mean like i don't want to say i felt bad but like, <laughs> oh man like watching riley reef and like oh god it was brutal that's how you know things are bad is when you start to feel sorry for them that's that's right. when things have just gotten out of control. And I, w- I will I will interject one more thing here too is yeah whatever anybody has to say about Ryan Pace and I know Bears fans love him and and what with the exception of my good friend who's a Bears fan and hates him but oh, no. I I uh, there have been several people in drafts that are just kind of like my guys. Ryan Pace is picking them all and James Daniels is one of them. I, I keep there's always a guy that's <laughs> like come on Packers get him get him and Ryan Pace keeps taking all of them. It's driving me who's the other one, yeah, let's see, who's your nose tackle that you got? Um, uh, was it uh, Goldman? Goldman, yep. Yeah, like, oh, yep. man, I really like good. They got him, too. It's like, come on. And then in the fourth round, you get my running back. So Pace is just, he's for whatever other things that he's doing right, he's absolutely infuriating me. So he's got that going on. <laughs> he's, he's done, I mean, he's done a good job in, like, the later rounds um, of the draft. Obviously, you know, the verdict's. I'd say it's still out on Trubisky with, by trading up to get him right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevin White did not work out, but I mean, he, you know, he's, he found Jordan Howard in the fifth round. He's found a guy like Cody Whitehair who traded back twice to get. It's from, and then the free agency, man, it's like getting a guy like Akeem Hicks for how they did, for how cheap they did oh, was yeah. just, it's, it's unbelievable. Yep. So I guess before we officially transition to uh, defense, overall in the NFC North, as far as offenses, which ones do you think are kind of dialed in and which ones are kind of, you know, bears what's your own personal perspective, but of the other teams, which ones kind of scare you and which ones are you kind of thinking, nah, it will be all right. I know the Bears defense can handle just about anything, but which one is the little little scary for you? Um, Man, see, that's tough because, you know, anytime I think it's kind of natural, um, you know, the Bears play the Packers, you're kind of – like you're just waiting for that Aaron Rodgers moment mm-hmm. where he just like rips our hearts out. So that that's never going to go away. 
Um, I, I, like I said, I feel a little more comfortable with this Bears defense, right. but there's still that notion in the back of my uh, head. As far as, like, scare me, you know, I, I said a lot of bad about Kirk Cousins and laughed at him. I, if he turned it on and that yeah. Vikings offense got going, I'd be scared. Um, that's probably the one I just because of the receivers on the outside and and Rudolph. And then, like you mentioned before, if Delvin Cook really gets going, that could be huge. Uh, but their offensive line's so bad that yeah. like <laughs> I, I, I'm not expecting that to happen. And then the Lions are just I don't know the Lions. Like Stafford <laughs> could have like he could have a huge year, but it's like you know they could still find ways to lose games. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a completely different perspective from where you're at. As a Packer fan, everybody scares me. The Cardinals kicked our teeth in last year, so I just I'm yeah. scared of everybody. So, <laughs> but I mean, at least you have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I you have to feel a little comfortable that like, you're you're at least like in the game. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll get the points back. It's just like, oh no, their offense is back on the field. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do defense now because cornerback. This is one of the ones that got me to really respect fan. I mean, there's a lot of things, but this one really kind of blew me away because the corners were playing out of their mind. And especially, I mean, Kyle Fuller, you look at it and go, okay, he's gotten progressively better every single year, but you expect that. It's Kyle Fuller. You know, he's, he's just meeting his potential finally. But Prince of Mukamura probably played the best he's ever played, and he's been in the league for 800 years. So it's like he just he takes everybody, no matter who they are, and just is really getting the best out of everybody. But um, so I guess thoughts on the corners. Are you any bit concerned? I know you lost your defensive back coach and had him replaced. I think assistant defensive back coach Vic Fangio poached one of the two, um, losing your slot corner. And then I also had another question, because I know you took a shot at PFF, but that's that's something that I reference a lot. They really, really like Sherrick McManus. I don't know anything about him. I never hear anyone mention him. What What is his deal? And then again, NFC North. Yeah, I mean, we'll start off with McManus. Uh, you know, primary special teams, he did fill in nicely last season when um, Callahan went down. Um, I mean, he was targeted. You, you could see the Eagles. That final play the Eagles scored on, uh, if Callahan's in the game, I, I think Callahan had, it's be, does a lot better on that route. That was just kind of – it's not McManus's fault either. You know, he's he's been – he's the longest tenured bear. He's primarily a special teams contributor. So I actually like the rookie they drafted out of Kansas State, um, Duke Shelley. Sure who uh, I think is eventually going to take over for Buster Scrine. I think I don't not very confident in that signing. Um, and I could see Shelley just kind of taking over in the nickel spot. But, yeah, I mean, you hit it right in the head. Fangio got the most out of, you know, both Prince of Mukamura, Kyle Fuller. You expect Fuller to play well because he's a first-rounder, but, I mean, we're kind of quick to forget. A couple of years ago, he was very close to being cut from this roster. He missed an entire season. Right. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to rush him back with the knee and, and – I believe it was Fanger that actually came out publicly and, and kind of criticized him. And, and, you know, it was it was kind of eye-opening because you really don't hear Vic do that. And then, you know, we find out a year later that Vic and Kyle now have built this incredible friendship and they love to golf together and, and all this stuff. And Kyle comes out and has a career year and now it looks like he's going to be really damn good at, at cornerback for the Bears for a long time. Um, the only the worry I would have with – you know, the Bears' um, cornerbacks or starters, if one of them goes down, I'm not not very sold on the depth behind mm-hmm. him. Um, they have second-year guy Kevin Tolliver. I th- I think he's, you know, out of LSU, I think he's done pretty well in um, OTAs and veteran minicamp. But you're looking at a situation where if, you know, Kyle Fuller goes down, you're asking a young player to come in and, and, and start on the outside right away, and I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Um you know, looking on the other side, if, you know, behind Prince of Mukamura, 
Um, I think they might, you know, if he were to go down, they might, you know, move in Buster Scrine or, or, or even McManus. And, and I think that's a big drop off. I think Fuller and Mukamura are really good. And, and anyone behind him right now, as it stands, obviously could change is, is, is a pretty big drop off for them. Um, you know, we've kind of gone back to look at this division. You have to have good corners, I think, mm-hmm. to, to succeed because just because of the quarterback play. Um, you know, with a guy like Rodgers and, and Stafford and Cousins, if you get good cornerback play, um, you'll be in good hands. I, I think that's kind of what actually hurt the Vikings defense a little more last year is, yeah, you, you, you know, you kind of know um, about Xavier Rhodes, but he wasn't even himself for most of the season. And then, you know, opposite Trey Waynes has kind of been a disappointment. They lost Mike Hughes. Don't know what you're going to get with Mackenzie Alexander. And then you look at Green Bay, and their their cornerbacks, I think they actually have promising um, promising young corners with uh, Alexander and uh, um, Blinken on the other. Is it uh, Jackson. King? Jackson, Jackson King? Yeah, there's there's pretty much everybody's really young. Yeah, and I think you know they have a chance if they break out, that defense would be a little better. So I, I'd still have to say I'd, I'd give it to the Bears right now, kind of the best unit. Um, obviously, you know that could change, but I, just from what I saw last year, I think you know. The only, you know, the Bears continue to get better, and I don't expect really much of a drop off. All right, I guess, uh, I guess we'll get it out of the way. Let's talk about safeties. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> thought you were going to bring up something else. I'll wait till that. <laughs> Go. Oh, all right. No, I um, thought you were going to bring up uh, special teams. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll rub it in a little later. We'll see how it goes. I, I can, we'll see I what can you have to say about the safeties. <laughs> <laughs> so. And we were going to talk about this a while ago, but there's the, the I guess, soon-to-be kind of a big thing in week one, but uh, HaHa Clinton-Dix and Adrian Amos essentially swapped teams. Now, obviously, we got to ask the question of, as far as the safety groups, which one's better. The Bears have an incredible safety group, regardless of what happened with Amos and HaHa Clinton-Dix, just because Eddie Jackson's there. But I guess comment on your thoughts as far as HaHa Clinton-Dix and Amos. Um I'm a lot more pro Amos than most Packer fans, but I'm also a lot more pro, or excuse me, most, more pro Amos than Bears fans, more pro haha than most Packers fans. But I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as that swap, how you're feeling about Amos, what you think about haha, and then again, the NFC North as far as the safeties as best as you can. Um, so is it kind of possible that like both Amos and haha might be like on the same level? Maybe no. ha- or maybe Absolutely. maybe Amos is a little no. We can't say that. I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> is it illegal? To, is it? Uh, you have we're to gonna be make angry. some. You have to scream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you've probably seen a lot of it on Twitter too about the whole Amos and Ha debate. I, I. Okay. Like I. I think Amos is a good player, um, and, and yeah, I think, you know, he might be an upgrade over Ha Ha. I, I. I'm willing to go that far in saying that. Um, I do think though. I've seen some other fans point this out. When you look at Adrian Amos and you look at the safety position, I think Eddie Jackson may have made Adrian Amos a little better back there. I think he gave him more flexibility to kind of, um, I don't know the word I'm trying to say here, uh, play more to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Eddie Jackson kind of fly around and, and he was just kind of the do it all safety. And it was a little more like, you know, safer route with Adrian Amos. The thing I would, if I had like, if, so if I had to give you guys a warning, don't expect a lot of turnovers, right. uh, takeaways from Adrian yeah. Amos. I think we understand that. Yeah, I mean, I think he had three, yeah. uh, three or four his entire career. So, yeah. Uh, as far as Haha though, I, 
you know, going back and looking at him, man, the tackling is what kind of worries me. Yeah. Um, I think Adrian Amos was very good in the run. I think coming up and stopping the run, he was very good. Um, you know, he re- he really got like no one ever like trucked him over. It was hard, you know, it was kind of hard to run through one of his, you know, of his his tackles. Um, so yeah, that's what actually really worries me about um, Haha Clinton Dix. We'll see because you know they kind of like Haha and, and Eddie Jackson. They're very familiar with each other. They played at Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're good friends. They kind of have like a swagger back there. Right. So I don't know if that's actually going to be to the Bears' advantage or uh, maybe it's just kind of just something we just won't see or anything like that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting that week one because you know uh, you know what the fans are going to say. It's it's natural. I don't blame them. Um. But yeah, we'll see how it works out in the long term. Because like, what was a uh, was Amos's deal three years, four years? I think it was four. Four, and Haha's obviously on that one-year deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. Just the rest, of the, no, the rest of the NFC North, if you had any thoughts. I, I, it's, that one's another tough one as far as looking because there's a lot of changes that are going on as far as safeties. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you got your studs back there. You know, Eddie Jackson's gonna, Eddie Jackson's back there. Um, uh, from Minnesota, it's Harrison Smith, who's always he's been really damn good for the um, Vikings. Uh, Quadre Diggs is, I guess, I don't know if I'd call him like a stud, but he, he's he's all right back there. Um, and then Green Bay, actually, I'm actually very intrigued um, with Darnell Savage. I thought he would have been a good fit for the Bears. Um, in the draft, but I, I'm excited to see what he actually he can do. I think he's a if he can be that playmaking safety back there and kind of take the pressure off Amos in a way. I think Green Bay will be fine in that secondary. Yeah, we're all pretty excited too. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, linebackers. Um, yep. I know the the Bears. I'm assuming are feeling pretty comfortable. Uh, the one question I guess I would be curious about is. What were your thoughts about Roquan's performance last year? And then, you know, in in my mind, he wasn't nearly at his potential, but he has the potential to be very, very good. So thoughts on Roquan, excitement about Roquan. Um, and then, again, NFC North, any likes, dislikes um, as far as, you know, the Packers go. I don't think I ranked us all too high because it's basically Blake Martinez and then a bunch of punching bags out there. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, Roquan Smith, fast, really, really fast and really smart. Um, no training camp, um, no preseason comes in right away, gets the sack on, um, God, who was the, uh, backup Kaiser. Um, and yeah, then from after that week one game, I mean, he just pretty much took over the starting spot from, you know, week two on versus Seahawks. And the thing I know is I'm actually writing something, doing a little film review on him is he got a lot better in pass coverage. Uh, going back to I think it was like week seven or eight against the Bills, he really started to like kind of struggle in pass coverage. But from that point on, I mean, he kind of turned things around. And, and by the end of the year, he, he actually improved drastically in, in pass coverage, which is big, you know, for a middle linebacker in Chicago. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Roquan can do. He's gonna he's gonna handle the play calling duties. Um, this is Danny Trevathan's final year of his contract, so we'll see how he performs next to the young. Uh, Second-year guy in Roquan. I think the Bears are pretty solid at the middle linebacker position. I I, I like re- I really like what they have in Roquan. As far as the rest of the division, I'm actually very intrigued by uh, Rayshon Carey. I, I, like, I'm intrigued on what if the Packers are primarily going to use him as the pass rusher. What's Because yeah. they, they do have um, Zedaria Smith and uh, Blake Martinez. So 
I don't know. And uh, who's the other? Preston Smith? Is he the outs- Preston, other outside? Yeah, I got the other outside is Preston, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just – I don't know. Maybe you could touch on uh, Gary a, a bit, but that's the guy I'm actually very intrigued on because you know what the Vikings have. I mean they got Kendricks and, um, right. and Barr over there. Um, and then the Lions actually, you know, they have uh, – actually a former Bear, they have Christian Jones who's either um, provided some good depth and then uh, the Florida kid Jared Davis who I thought was going to be – pretty damn good coming out but yeah i'm actually intrigued i i i, I guess i'll kind of flip the question on you uh, what do you think is going to happen with uh rayshon gary he's going to be i think a lot of packer fans think he's going to spend a lot of time as an inside uh line or not inside linebacker as a uh, defensive lineman um and kind of split his time with defensive line and outside linebacker i think a lot of it is because they don't really he didn't produce a lot in college and there's a lot of questions about can he handle being a pass rushing outside linebacker Maybe he'd be a little better inside. I don't actually agree with that, and I, I think that's what the um, coaches have kind of alluded to, that that's nonsense. Now, who knows? They're obviously always going to say that's not true. He's great at everything he does because it's early and you want to hype him up. But I actually don't think he was all that good inside. I think he got pushed around too much with his athleticism. I think they're going to try to coach him up, and he's going to spend, I think, most of his time on the outside. But um, – our, you know, Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator, likes to shuffle guys around a lot. I mean, Kenny Clark sometimes is going to be a down-out, you know, defensive end. Uh, Mike Daniels is a defensive end. Zadarius is going to spend probably, I would guess, at least half of his time as a down defensive lineman. Um, I think the biggest question is, and the way I would hope it turns out, is you're probably going to have Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith rushing the passer, Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels with their hand in the dirt as defensive linemen. I think that's my guess would be that's going to be the, the primary thing. But you're going to have just – they're just pieces, and that's what they like to do the most. Use them as pieces, move them every which way that you can is, is kind of how I think they're going to play that. That makes sense. It kind of just work uh, work <laughs> Gary in as he fits. Pretty much, yeah. And, it, you know, the rotation. They want to keep guys fresh and, and make sure there's always a healthy rotation of guys out there. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. So since we're talking about it, I guess we can kind of combine it because I kind of did that mm-hmm. when I did mine anyways, looking at interior and – edge rushers so you know defensive ends slash outside linebackers um so for the bears you've got akeem hicks and eddie goldman very very good defensive linemen obviously khalil mack is probably hands down best pass rusher in the division um other guys that you kind of like because those that's kind of where my um you know being polite it ends because I, I don't have a huge amount of respect for guys like aaron lynch um but as far as the overall defensive line run defense, pass rush. What are your thoughts on these guys and the unit, the depth? And then beyond that, it's kind of hard for the Packers because it's all new, right? Clay, Mer- Clay yeah. Matthews and Nick Perry, that era is over. We got Preston, Zadarius, Rashawn, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels. The Vikings, I think, are um, kind of intriguing because they got their one guy, but they also got a second guy. And it's a matter of can he kind of get his stuff together and you know, he has got some off-the-field issues that he's working through. But, you know, he's he's a very, very good pass rusher as well, um, Daniil Hunter. Yep. And then the Lions went out and got Trey Flowers, who, you know, probably more known as a, as a run defender, but very, very good pass rusher. So now every single team has their guy and has their, their you know, calling. Call, you know, the Packers maybe don't have the guy, but they got a bunch of guys. So brand-new landscape, if, especially if we go back over the last two years, what are your thoughts on the defensive fronts across the NFC North, and particularly touch on the Bears unit? Uh, yeah, so go, you know, going to the Bears, kind of uh, a guy that I really like and a lot of Bears fans liked last year, um, Bilal Nichols going into his second year, okay. 
is going to be someone to definitely watch. Even, I mean, even if you're, you know, a fan of another team in the division, because the Bears got that rotation. You know, they have um, Akeem Hicks, they have Eddie Goldman, they have Roy Robertson Harris, who gives them good, you know, good snaps. But then you work in a guy, you know, like um, um, Bilal Nichols, and you're like, oh wow, okay, they got this guy in the fifth round. Like, sure. <laughs> how on earth did they get that? I mean, he he made some plays last year that, that he. The one he made against Arizona was like a third and one, and the and the Cardinals were coming down. I think they either had the lead or were threatening to score, and he just bursted through the backfield and stopped the running back for like a three yard loss. Was just that was kind of like okay, I'm here, I can play in the NFL. That was his moment, and um, you know, he had a couple against against the Patriots and uh, late in the year, um, I guess I think it was just like the Vikings or Lions. He had a couple of big plays, and and from everything I've heard, he's been the guy that's that's really looked the most improved. Um, on that defense going into this year with the offseason activities or anything like that. And that's just, I mean, if he gives you anything, that's, I mean, that's just even adding even more to what I think is really good defensive line. You know, opposite of Cleo Mack, you said, you said it, Mack's probably the best pass rusher um, in, in this division. I mean, if, if they can get, you know, if they can get that 10 sack season from Leonard Floyd, that will be huge. Yeah. He's yet to have one. Um, he's been hampered by injuries almost every year. He's just he if he can if he can have that big breakout season and get those ten sacks. I mean the Bears defense could be even better than they were last year. Now he's a good cover um, linebacker on the outside on the edge when he's asked to cover running backs and, and tight ends. Ideally you don't want him to, um, but I mean he's a lot faster than he looks. He's very you know skinny and lean, so he's got he's got some speed on him. But yeah, if he can get you those ten sacks, man, that that would just be huge and kind of take the pressure off of Khalil Mack. Um, looking around, I mean, I agree with everything you pretty much said about um, the pass rushers. I think every team has their guy. Um, you know, every team kind of has their standout pass rusher, and then they have guys behind them that are, you know, if they could elevate their play, it would make each unit more dangerous. Um, obviously, Minnesota is, is probably up there close with the Bears. Um, I'd say the close with the talent on that on that pass rush with you know Griffin and, and Hunter and then you have Linval Joseph on the inside, um, yeah and Green Bay's just got you know a bunch of guys with good depth, um, you know Kenny Clark and, and um, you got Smith the the two Smiths running on the outside, it's gonna be interesting though because with this division I think you know you, you see what you have in the offense is obviously you know the question mark going in for Green Bay would obviously be how how the new offense is going to impact Aaron Rodgers how it all meshes can the Bears take that next step in Matt Nagy's offense um what's it going to be like for Patricia and the in the uh, Lions offense and then if Kirk Cousins can just figure anything out um the Vikings might have a better chance so I mean not to be mean it's just it's just how it you know if he can figure things out so yeah, but it, and you can counter that with the pass rushes and the defensive lines on the opposite side because you know once those offenses get better, if you have those defensive lines to kind of combat that, I mean, it could be a, it could end up being a, a wild division down to the stretch. All right, so we're gonna do back to back. I want to pin you down a little yep. bit and get um, defense overall, which shouldn't be okay. all that hard to figure out. But then team overall, and just try to think 2019, what are kind of your expectations or thoughts as far as where you see the division lining up and maybe kind of what teams need? You kind of just touched on it, but what you see, want each team to be able to do in order to, you know, what, what's it going to take to get to the top of the NFC North? So defense first and then just kind of overall yeah. team scope. Yeah, um, 
I think obviously the Bears have probably the best defense in the division. Um, I'd say Minnesota's behind them, um, and then I'd, I'd probably have Green Bay and Detroit neck and neck behind uh, Minnesota. I think uh, I think Detroit has a chance to maybe pass Green Bay, depending on what Patricia does with that defense. Uh, his first year last year, you know, they were kind of it just felt like they were kind of like that testing out mode. They still have some playmakers, you know, Darius Slay, and obviously you mentioned Flowers and Davis. Um, if they get anything out of Diggs and, and the other safety Walker, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that that's gonna be a storyline for the Packers is that defense back there. Uh, as far as do you want kind of like predictions or just yeah, whatever you want. Dealer's choice. Um, yeah, so, okay, I hate doing predictions right now because <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, it's hard. Anything can happen, obviously. One injury could change this division. Um, I think going into it, the Bears are the favorites. I don't think many would probably disagree just because of what they did last year. Um, I think Minnesota, of all the teams, has the best chance to unseat them right now. I just, with the Packers, and I, I don't know if you can maybe speak more to this, I don't know if this relationship with Aaron Rodgers and uh, LaFleur is going to – I don't know if it's going to explode or if it's going to be something like really good. Like I'm I'm actually worried it's going to be something really good. But then every time I like I look – I check online or like I get a story sent to me, it's like what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? Like what, what's going on up there? And the Lions, I don't, I, I don't see them winning the division. Um, so I think, you know, obviously the ceiling for the Packers, you know, is everything goes right with LaFleur and, and Rodgers and, and they figure it out and they kind of like – in their own way is is maybe like a version of what the Bears were last year where they kind of catch some teams up by surprise. Um, and then the Vikings, I just think, you know, if they put it together, I think they have the best chance of unseeing the Bears. I think the Bears have a pretty difficult schedule, especially in the last part of the season. I think they got L.A., um, L.A., Minnesota, and Kansas City all in December. And I think Dallas, like right right before December. Like uh, those four in like the last five, which is that's a brutal stretch. Which actually, you know, it might decide the division come down to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um, you know, as far as you mentioned the the Lafleur and uh, Rogers thing, my biggest thing, you know, maybe I don't know, who knows what's going to happen. It's it's kind of the whole Al Davis just win, right? If the yeah, Packers yep. are winning, they're going to get along great. If the Packers, and it goes are, away. It, yep. Yeah, exactly. And if it, same with the locker room, any locker room issues, if they start winning. Suddenly they're magically fixed, and it's, exactly if they're losing, yeah, there's going to be tension. Aaron Rodgers is going to get snippy at the microphone. He's going to look all pouty on the field. It's going to be the same routine. Just, just, just make it work. And, and in that way, <laughs> um, as much as the Packers' schedule isn't normally ideal, essentially it's all home games at the beginning of the season and all away games at the end. Normally that's a horrible schedule, yep. but considering the Packers really need to get off to a good start early, I think that's kind of ideal. So they need to be able to stack some wins and having, even though it's pretty tough games, you know, Bears away is, is incredibly hard. Vikings, a lot of tough teams, but being a lot of home games I think is going to help um, to hopefully get stack up enough wins, get that relationship, get that rapport and that flow going in the offense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, from an outsider standpoint, obviously, I mean, you guys probably know more than we do, you know, about everything that's going on. It's just, it's wild. Like, it, it's just all those reports you see on and the Glazer thing where he thinks it's going to, like, continue to go and build up more, even more. It's just like, it's really, it's like, not to, like, rub in your guys' faces or anything. I'm not trying to do anything like that, but it's just like, we're usually on that side yeah. of, like, you know, like when we had Jay Cutler and, and the feuds he had with the <laughs> offensive coordinators, it's like, like, oh, this can happen to other teams, like, and this can happen to like up to our to the team up north that's been 
kicking our ass the last, you know, 10 or so years or whatever it is. Yeah. It's just, it's wild, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, you know, a lot of it, you know, you could say it's a bias or whatever. A lot of it is just blown up. I think that's the oh, new yeah. thing because they're, they found the chink in the armor for Aaron Rodgers and other, they're just keep poking. So the, yeah, the latest, it, the latest thing is, is it's not a problem yet. I think, I think it's a potential problem. The whole he wants to call his plays and Lafleur yeah. wants to not give him that freedom. I think they both acknowledge that both things are true, right? You do want Aaron Rodgers to have that freedom, mm-hmm. but also we need this system. So it's a matter of can they find the middle ground? I don't think it's a, I don't think they're in the back fighting. Nobody said that right now, but people are trying to make it out to seem that way. So I'll say it's a potential yeah. problem down the road if they can't find a middle ground. But I, I don't see any reason to say that as of right now it's actually a problem that's manufactured by the glaziers of the world. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and, and I think it's like you said, it's just because you know we've never seen yeah seen it with Aaron Rodgers, and now it's yeah. like they finally found right. And it's yeah. it is unusual for us because you know I'm sure you know because it made you guys sick, but you know you go back five years ago and they couldn't stop talking about how great Aaron Rodgers is and they're oh, gushing yeah, yeah. over him and the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl every year and all of a sudden for us it's like hey wait a minute first of all why aren't you talking about us and second of all yeah. when, you, <laughs> when you are you're saying bad stuff I don't know what's going on here but I don't like it so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different feel it's di- sure. oh it's really different it's it's odd man yeah um I don't know I don't think I got anything else I don't know if you have any closing remarks or anything as far as uh what, what's going on with the season I'm, I'm definitely excited to be a part of the network i look forward to working with you uh, quite a bit in the future and uh yeah defini- for sure definitely uh packers fans i know i've got a diehard group that listen and i'm sure you do too uh, yep. if you want to know anything about the bears or whatever this it's a really good podcast i've, I've actually referenced it a few times because there's quite a few gems that i've gotten out of it so oh, any, anytime thanks. yeah anytime you guys want to listen and find out what's going on with the bears definitely check out that podcast but yeah any any thoughts or anything that you had Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I actually think this year is going to be a lot more interesting of a division than last season. I think you know the NFL with the parity is so hard to go out and dominate. You know a division every year unless you're the Patriots or you know you have a, a game changer like Aaron Rodgers over the last you know prior to last year, the last five or six years who you know they've kind of been the favorites going in there. So. I, I think it's going to be. I, I don't want to, like. I, I'm predicting the Bears to win the division if I had to right now, and I don't want to sound like a homer or anything. Um, but I think. Oh wow! Just on just <laughs> lightning. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think it's just going to be more of. It's going to be a, a more competitive division. I think I want to say um, than what many expect. I think a lot of people think the Bears might run away with it, but I think you know. Green Bay and Minnesota might might shock some people. I don't know if you guys caught that, but he said the Bears are going to win the division, and then God just laughed at him. So. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect timing, right? <laughs> All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's, it's uh, pretty awesome, and like I said, I look forward to working with you in the future. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Anytime you want to do it, man, uh, I'm down. Sounds good.